Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Well, today I can't offer you any beer or soda because I'm not at my house. I'm actually at the Smiling Moose and I'm going to be talking to my friend and fellow musician, Banked of the bands St. Dude and Action Camp. He is a sound person working in the city as well and we get into a bunch of different stuff. Uh, But I want to highlight St. Dude for a moment because I'm going to be uh, dropping a track here that Banked was kind enough to let me put on to the beginning of this episode. So what better way to uh, introduce you to him and his band St. Dude than to play you a new track, which also shout outs to the homie Brian Urban, who is a friend of the podcast and the lead vocalist in St. Dude. So if you are a, you know, a casual listener of the podcast, you may know Brian Urban. And yeah, this is his band. He's in it with Bank, who I'm going to be talking to today. And uh, without further ado, this is the new St. Dude track. This song is called X the Eliminator. And after it's done, I'm going to come back for a second, do my intro, and then we're going to get into my conversation. Check it out. Well, I've been sitting now in this bedroom for 20 years. Feel like a waste of life, a running joke among my peers. Waking obsession for a man who's traded suits and fame. Well, it's time for me to get up off my ass and learn my name.
And that was, again, X the Eliminator by the band Saint Dude. Awesome track. Super fucking catchy. I'm really excited to hear more new stuff from them. If uh, they think they have some gigs coming up, I'm sure Banks going to talk about them here in the conversation. So how about I just shut up and I get into my conversation. That's why we're all here. And yeah, you know what the fuck it is. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Get this message out here. I'm doing what I love to help a community out. Like, yeah, I mean, what is the next step? What's the one thing I can do today that's going to get us one? So, I mean, I don't know what's what's in the future. Art is the only way you can reach out to the future. It is the only thing that actually lives through a time capsule. And I think that if the DIY scene as a whole put more of a value on itself. It could be a lot more sustainable. No, if someone doesn't like it, that's their deal. So, what did you call that? It's a switchcraft cable. That's what this this connector is. Oh, okay. It's the, this specific interface controller or this uh, uh, connector on here. The pin, it like, I'm a sound guy, so like it, <laughs> it loose. They they tend to loosen up, and if a mic is even lightly loose on the inside, like these these will cut out more than anything else. As yeah. opposed to a Neutrik, that's a Neutrik connector. Neutrik connectors are solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. It's I, hard. It's a hard, uh, geeky opinion. Of, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely agree with you 100. percent Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to put you on the spot because yeah. you're a sound guy, and this what a, what a perfect way yeah. to uh, introduce this conversation. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So, who the fuck are you? Why are we talking to you? Where uh, are we? What is this? <laughs> Where am I? Uh, we're in the Smiling Moose. My name is Banked. I'm in uh uh. A couple of bands of minor note, possibly. Uh, there's Action Camp is the main one that I've been doing for 12 years. And then St. Dude is my jokey stoner rock super group that has no rules. Uh, I run sound at a bunch of venues in Pittsburgh. I do the sound design for the Scarehouse in Aetna. I work on other bands' records like the Bloody Seaman and Mitch Cricket. And I don't know. I'm... I'm uh, a, div- a diverse palette yeah. of involvement, but it's all it's all stuff. Like even my my college degrees are just like, uh, oh, this guy's in a DIY band. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have like an associate in audio engineering and associates in graphic and web design. Like they're completely useless if you're not in a band. Uh-huh. It's like I can I can make flyers, I can shoot videos, and I can make records. That's 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 my skill set. Gnarly. So mm. out of everything you've been doing. Uh, action camp seems to be like the longest running. Yeah, was that like one of your first projects, or were you doing stuff even prior to that? Um, I mean, I, I grew like both my parents were kind of musicians, and so I, I've always been around being in bands, and and uh, gear was always around the house. Played drums and stuff when I was a kid. Um, my first band was called Fever Few, and it was just bad. Bad Pixies Nirvana ripoff <laughs> stuff. I have a Pixies logo on my arm. It's, okay, I'm from Massachusetts, so it's uh, <laughs> the Boston area. So I'm very, I'm very prideful of that that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've always been, I've always just been a guy in bands. I had a short, maybe a short. Like I grew up sort of in like suburban Massachusetts, like like sort of fake farm country. Like you guys have it out here too. It's like this. The second you get to the sort of the suburbs of. Oh yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. You could, yeah, you could drive like an hour, forty-five minutes outside yeah, of Pittsburgh. It's just, it's just trees and sort of farms, and there's like farm kids and people that are friends with farm kids. That's, and they're that's, all from Pittsburgh. Yeah, in quotes, quote, quote unquote. Yes, yeah. yeah. And Massachusetts, it's like 
two hours across the state. So if I say I'm from Western Mass, I can just say Boston because it's like they're it's the only city anyone knows there, anyways. Or maybe Worcester, and I'm even closer to Worcester, I guess. So, uh-huh. excuse me, but um, yeah, I don't know. I've always always been in bands. I had maybe the short like sort of played t-ball and like baseball and football till like know, freshman year. Yeah, I guess that makes something. sense. Boston, and Boston I, in quotes is like a sports and like, town and right? like hockey and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but like, but like. I think I s- sort of injured my ankle once when I was like 15. I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to be in bands. And then for years, that's, I, and I just never went back to it. You know, it's funny. I have like a similar <laughs> story. I never played any real sports, but I was into skating yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. And when I was in fourth grade, I broke my arm really bad. Yeah. Double compound fracture. Ooh. Yeah. It's like, a, if you're familiar with the American alphabet, the letter Z. Oh. Is what my arm looked like, oh. and I was pretty young at the time, so that yeah. that was a, uh, and I wasn't very good yet. Yeah, so I had like a really bad injury happen really early. Yeah, and it's just I could never go hard yeah. after that. You Sk- know, skating like skateboarding. Oh, skateboarding. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I but I, I, I did, I did a, like a mixture of everything at the time when I was a kid. I know that for some people it was like you either like rollerblade or you BMX or you skateboard and yeah. I had like friends that kind of did everything so I was just like yeah mediocre at all of them that's that's kind of <laughs> yeah that's kind of where I came from and like like playing guitar and stuff I was like slightly better at so I just kind of focused on that and it's I guess it's kind of paid off or at least I'm I'm so deep into it now I can't do anything else like yeah I'm not gonna go start playing I'm not gonna start playing hockey again now like I'm in my 30s, I can't. <laughs> when I was, when I was like in my early 20s, we'll say so, probably like a good like decade after the arm breaking and everything, yeah. uh, I tried to buy. I did buy a skateboard again. I didn't try. I did buy a skateboard yeah. again, but I don't. I never really rode it, and that just ended up getting left at like an ex girlfriend's house. She actually rode it more than me, which yeah. is funny. I probably have, with dudes that I don't yeah. want to know about. At some point, <laughs> when I right before I moved to Pittsburgh. Uh, I lived with my sister in Massachusetts when we were just, I was like saving up money to come out here because Maura had moved out. I mean, Maura's the other half of Action Camp. Now, now third of Action Camp, but we were a duo for a super long time. So she moved up first. She's from here. Um, and uh, I, I somehow got into playing racquetball with my cousin there. And so like, <laughs> then I like got into it and I was like, bought, bought a racket and was like playing and stuff. And I came out and I got more into it and we played like two times. And now it just like sits in the corner of my house. And it's one of those things of like, ah oh, man, like racquetball is actually pretty fun. But like, it's, it's a, it's a, I feel like it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a douchey sport. Like it's, it's not necessarily like a rich guy sport like golf, but it kind of has that culture to it. And I have issues with that in general. Sure. I wish I wish I could play racquetball at like a rad place where I didn't have like to deal punk with punk rock racquetball. Yeah, yeah. Why, why don't you facilitate yeah, this? Yeah, just add something else talk to, to your resume. Yeah, yeah, talk to Robota or something. Like, let's expand. <laughs> let's let's build a court on the backside of the stage or something. Yeah, just do it in the behind the building yeah. on that street. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. using that street. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> do like a whole like a yeah punk rock Olympics yeah. thing. Those, definitely a thing like it's a thing I've, I've sort of like tried to figure out myself where I like I said I kind of bailed on on sports when I was really young I'm like I'm just gonna be a dude in bands and like I was I was definitely like the dude in a band like yeah, fuck fucking jocks and blah 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 because I was I was like you know 
the very quickly was like the art school kid, the punk kid that got like beat up and by jocks and that. It was the that classic thing. Yeah. But then from being out here, I feel like I I turned thirty and all my friends are scattered about the country. And so it kind of became this weird way of bonding with them. Like like it, it kind of started when I was I was in Boston, I guess, a little bit because the Red Sox had won. I lived like in Kenmore Square, which is where Fenway Park is. And the Red Sox won for the first time in 86 years. And I was there literally at the stadium when it happened. And it's like one of the craziest experiences, you know, because you like grew up and like knowing that like my grandmother had never seen them win is and, and has long since died and whatever. <laughs> like that's insane to like be there for that. Um and and since I moved here, it's become this weird, like, kind of a homesickness thing. So I get into, like, the pay, which is also fun here because you, you become, like, a heel. Uh, everyone <laughs> hates the Patriots here. Everyone hates the Bruins here. Uh, and so it's fun to be, like, a fan of those teams. But that's also how I, like, connect with my friends. Uh-huh. But it's still, it's still, like, avoiding the 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 jockiness of it. Like, I, I, I like it as a human uh, achievement. Like, I, I almost view uh, sports, my sports teams, like, like good bands because you're seeing all these dudes getting together <laughs> and accomplishing something that is incredibly hard. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like a human achievement thing. And then I'll start talking to someone else who's just like into the sport and it'll be like, well, you know, we made like fucking this many points this season. Well, I'm like, ah, and I just, I gloss over <laughs> like it gets this. second it gets bro. I can't, I can't do it. So I have a weird relationship with it, but I'm, I'm like, like when you're, when we were setting up here, I was like trying to catch, yeah. Some of the the Bruins game today. Yeah, I, I've had a weird relationship with sports too. Um, my dad tried to take me to a couple games when I was younger, and like I didn't not like it. I've never been like anti sport. I've just never given a shit. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I guess I didn't. I don't, I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing here, too. Like in Pittsburgh, I feel like it's like a civic pride thing. Uh. Because I see way more of like like the sort of Polish Hill punk scene and and stuff like 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 uh like we were talking about Dusty like Dusty wears a pirate's hat like all the time yeah <laughs> uh, and it's like weirdly sports are like just part of that as well and Rin as well is like a dude that's like pretty into the pirates he goes to pirates yeah. games a lot and stuff he and plays like paintball yeah and that's like an inter- <laughs> that's like a really interesting <laughs> thing because yeah. like because i i in boston we came up with bands where it's like it was all dudes like me it's like yeah fucking fuck these teams like like <laughs> so because to us they were just like the competition like on a given night like like fucking shut the tvs off or playing a show yeah <laughs> it, was, have, it was that thing i've i've oh, fuck i remember <laughs> a long time ago this is kind of related uh get into playing shows and stuff i was playing a show over at diesel and they were just projecting the steelers game like above <laughs> the, the local openers <laughs> while the bands were playing and i just like yeah wanted to just like walk off like yeah. what, what's the point <laughs> <sighs> yeah we've we've done a couple things here like i think early on we played excuses and we had to wait for some penguins playoff game to finish to load in and like I think a similar thing at like double wide or something like that. Like I've definitely been to venues that are also very sport heavy and your, your schedule is dictated around that. <laughs> <laughs> now with, um, I guess we'll just, we'll get through the whole 
action camp sure. thing and then we'll we'll sure sure we'll compartmentalize all yeah. of the all the yeah, projects there's a lot to catch it's, up it's on lot, yeah. so it started out as a two piece now it is a three piece four piece three piece three piece yep all right um you have a uh, joe joe taraski yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i yep. know joe yeah kind of yeah through get hip because oh work, of course i work yeah. at get hip so. yeah, yeah 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 and uh he plays drums yep for you yep. okay Cool. So were you doing like electronic drums prior? Yeah. Or like just playing drum? Like what were you doing when you were playing shows? So when we, so when we very first start, when we, our first show, our first couple of shows when we started out, we had our friend Deegan who, who we, more and I met working in a uh, coffee shop. It's no longer there in Boston called uh, Espresso Royale. It's basically, it was one of those like cool, cool kid jobs or whatever, where everyone thought like it was a, like oh you're like a barista that's like a cool job to have it's like no it's still a fucking shitty job yeah and we, but it was like everybody's in bands that works there that's and that's how we all get to know each other and so our friend Deegan originally it was like the three of us like he played drums but me and her were writing the songs but he had his own bands that were far superior to us at the time and stuff so we just kind of let him do it and we we had sort of, sort of bits and we had another drummer Cameron for a short period that kind of played some stuff on our first record but then when her and I moved out here and got serious about it because it was like it was really expensive to live there and we were we started touring and realized we were just like blowing thousands of dollars a month on apartments we literally weren't in yeah and so we moved out here and and it was basically just me and her were dedicated enough to to move and keep doing it and so we we kind of adopted this uh it's been a few different things of using like a laptop. And then we learn like if you don't have a drummer and you have a laptop on stage, it puts you in this different category of not necessarily being a band. Like then you're like an electronic act or or you're treated the way that unfortunately a lot of like hip hop acts are treated. It's like, oh, well, it's not like real music because there's like no musicians on stage, or whatever, yeah. which is a super dismissive way to think about it. But so our solution was... We switched to a, a Digitech uh, Jamman stereo because it's got two outputs and it it the the four buttons on it function sort of like Ableton Live. So like if a loop is going and you hit next loop, it it'll wait and then jumps to the next loop. So you can just like break the songs up in different sections. So you can actually stretch it out. And then we would build them so uh, it was a mono signal, but I would mix it with a crossover. So like basically a sub and a top, and then we would just have a giant sub and a top on stage where we would make other bands move their drum kit and stuff. And that was our drummer and it would be louder than a real drum kit. Yeah. And that's how we kind of got away with it. <laughs> and, and, and the second we didn't have a laptop on stage that somehow made us more legit. Uh, but now, now in the last couple of years of having Joe and having a drummer, that's like, it's like a whole other level. It's a weird, like we were always, we always got like our foot in the door with someone, but there's that weird, I don't know if you ever experienced it with the psych stuff, but there's like, um, you get like a couple songs grace period where someone has to adjust to the fact that you're not a traditional setup before they accept you as like a band that they, they like, like as opposed to like now we go out with Joe and it's like, oh, well, they're just like guitar based drums. So like they're, they're either, they either don't like it or they're like fucking into it right sure. off the bat like off that first riff oh yeah i guess the, you know um back like it, it's 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 like a it's it's like short it's like shorthand for doing it kinda. yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense uh yeah. before i had the live band with sykes and i would just play whatever if yeah. i was playing a show with rock bands it was always a little weird yeah you know uh but now it's kind of separated where 
chances are the only time you'll really see me doing a solo psych set is with other hip hop performers. Right. Um, but if I'm playing a show with other bands, I'll yeah. probably yeah. bring out the band yeah. for it. So yeah. it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird though. It kind of like unintentionally like divided like almost even though it's like still one project, it's like two separate projects. Yeah. Cause there's still people that like have no idea that I have a band and there's still people that have no idea that I do stuff without the band. It's yeah. so weird. It's yeah. like, it doesn't cause all of the people that go to those shows or the bands that play in those scenes, they don't go to the, like they don't cross over. Yeah. So it's like those worlds don't exist outside of their little bubbles. Yeah. I definitely have two because I'm, I'm, I'm I'm visible in the scene. I won't say I'm of any note or anything, but I'm I'm out there. A lot of people know who I am just because I'm I'm I run sound at a bunch of different venues and stuff. So everyone a lot of people know who I am just by virtue of that. But there'll be people that will like see us <laughs> for the first time or whatever. It's like, man, I didn't know you had this band. It's like, yeah, we've been a band for a fucking decade. <laughs> like, like we've played like 500 shows. Like, yeah. I know you don't know who I am, despite the fact that I've told you about this band so many times. But now, and now, now that we have Joe, like a bunch of people are noticing, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it was... Like we've been doing this like honing it for so long and we're still just playing those songs with him. He plays like a hybrid drum kit, but it's just having uh, all of a sudden we're like we're on the next level legitimate with him, which is which I mean is great. Like he's I think he's the only person that would have actually fit in between our personalities because we we've we're so dug into the dynamic of what we do. Like Maura and I, we're both very stubborn and he's he's a very neutral personality between the two of us. So he he works in our and our thing. Yeah. So for the but, most part, is it just kind of like a, Hey Joe, here's some ideas, uh, roll with it. Or do you let him have take not, some creative Liberty? There was, it really wasn't any like growing pains, but we wanted him. We wanted to be a trio and, and not, not be like more and Ben make this song. And then Joe fills in the gaps kind of thing. We wanted it to be a legitimate three person, um, collaboration kind of thing because we respect him as a musician and he like uh for anyone that doesn't know joe he he was in neighbors which is maybe how you know him from get hip yeah uh he played bass in neighbors he played bass in amoeba knievel uh he played drums in city steps he currently plays guitar also in the park plan as well so he's like 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 more and i he's another musician that he can write songs he can play every instrument like like and that's he just of the three of us, he's the best drummer. So that's kind of, and that's the position we needed to be filled or whatever. But, but early on, we like like he, we even let him sort of take a, to change some of the arrangements of the older songs. Like there's there's certain points. It's like, well, you have to do this thing because this bass riff plays off this or this guitar plays. You can't change that beat. We have a song called like Prayer of Smoke that we re-recorded with him from the last record for this the the last EP we did and he made the drums way more dynamic and jazzy and like he's doing all this like Bill Bruford stuff that I would have I cuz I programmed the drums before he I, I would have never yeah. done and so it completely changes it the feel of the song but it like it still it still sounds like the old song it's just heavier and yeah. like busier in a different way it's, so it's funny like no matter how good of a 
programmer you are. It's just like you can never like your brain just doesn't think that way when you're programming drum parts, you know. It's so weird. Like it can, but it's there's always something different that you miss. And I don't know if it's a combination of just somebody bringing in new ideas and having like an organic instrument at the same time. Yeah. But like with the new Sykes album, I was very much like no live drums on this album. Yeah. Uh, I want to do all program drums. I want it to sound like a hip hop record. Yeah. Because I did live drums on my previous album. But now that like we're going through and we're playing the songs in the practice space and our drummers like adding all these, getting these ideas, I'm like, God damn it. Because I don't <laughs> want to do live drums, but it sounds so cool. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, how can I like work what you're doing into like the programming? And Yeah. He plays, <laughs> he definitely plays a lot of ghost notes and stuff because of, he's, he has this whole, like proggy thing that we we sort of flirt with but neither of us really listen to like King Crimson stuff so he likes but he likes like he loves Phil Collins and like yeah. uh and drummers Bill drummers so, yeah <laughs> uh, and like all that kind of stuff he's and so it's funny cuz his associations with what when 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 he listens to something that we had done before, he's like, "Oh, this Phil is like this kind of thing." I'm like, "I have no frame of reference for what you're talking about." <laughs> but like his the way that he views what we do, and and like we have another song called "Turn of the Blade" that's a pretty straight ahead like PJ Harvey kind of stoner rock thing, and he had never really played that style before, so he kind of learned that like super minimal, slow jammy. Yeah, less is more. Yeah, technique. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which so it's can, been fun to to like work that all out. That can be difficult with people yeah. that are in the like progressive stuff or yeah. a little bit more technical stuff with a uh, Gray Walker and songwriting. We have like a couple guitar players that are very very talented. Yeah, but they sometimes have a hard time doing the less is more approach to yeah. songwriting because they're metal guitar players. They just want to fucking they go. Won't shred the whole time. Yeah, yeah. whoa, that's definitely the the. Uh, I feel like I have. Over the years, I've developed a very good. Uh, I, I think I'm I'm a competent guitar player. I'm, I'm I'm probably pretty good, but like I'm not I'm not really flashy. I can do kind of flashy stuff, but I feel like I've developed a taste. And I think first and foremost, I view it as I always view um, writing riffs and and being in a band and stuff. It's like well, you have to write like it, it should be a sort of like a, a band. Should should be like a Mexican standoff where like if one element is missing the other things don't work. Like to me the 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 funnest way to like make an arrangement is like these things are so interlocked that they don't like it's it's fun to build that puzzle sure. as opposed to just like oh I wrote this riff you guys just play along to it. Like it's more fun to like really weave it all together. It's like and a, so I'll play yeah. sometimes I'll play super minimal stuff or just not play at all. Or whatever, and it's it, like you start writing those dynamics of like, like oh well, if you jump down this octave and I jump down an octave, then the whole song just shifts and like it's like that stuff's really fun to like experiment with. It seems like you have a diverse background in just like stuff that you like and stuff that you do, kind of going into other projects yeah. that you do, and that probably helps a lot too with just like that flexibility in playing. A lot of times, uh. Like metal guitar players, it's like they listen to metal and they play metal and metal, metal, metal. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that's fine. Yeah. But you always get like really interesting things from the person. It's like, oh, I listen yeah. to metal, but I'm also into, yeah, like, you know, like old folk stuff. It's oh, like, that's, what's that that's all about? My one of my favorite things to do, which definitely, that's not a monotony because I I do legitimately love running sound, 
even even when it's terrible bands or people who are assholes, it's still it's such a non job that I get paid to hang out with bands that I'm like whatever. Like I, I don't really stress about it too much, but one of my favorite things to do is like it kind of uh, kind of spoil songs for bands like if they're doing it because I I recognize patterns in things um, or like I, I have an obsession with like uh, like micro covers so like if someone plays a riff or whatever like I had like a metal like a black metal band and they did this little run I was like you know that run is is uh, money 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 by ABBA like you guys could so fucking go into this ABBA song <laughs> and they were like uh, no I was like man you should you are so close like you could do this I, I've had like another band where the, there was a breakdown in the bass part. He he essentially was playing like um, oh, what's the I forget the song's called. It's like Have a Something Day. It's the Shouty Men on Shouty Planet. It's the it's the Kids in the Hall theme song. Okay, like he was playing that. I'm like, you guys could so shift into that for a second. It would be rad. <laughs> You're in the right key and everything. <laughs> like I love I love that stuff. And so and there's been more than once I've called it with a band, which is like pretty pretty awesome like that, like, I'm, that so, I'm that sentient of knowing it like uh i we had one uh at club cafe uh my buddy austin was um was bartending and we had this band i forget their name but they had it was it was like kind of dark country ish stuff but the lead guitar was essentially a cello like kind of through a delay and and like how he was running stuff it was like a really cool build of a band and I said to Austin I'm like man if I had this set up I'd, I'd cover I like like I would totally do Showdown by ELO and then they closed with it <laughs> and he's like dude <laughs> and I told the band that I was like I'm like Is, you guys went exactly for what I would have done with this arrangement <laughs> um, <run> <laughs> that's wild yeah running sound and you know obviously getting to do sound with bands from all different genres. Is that like open your ears up to more styles of music and expanded your palette for recording things from getting to mic and work with all these different instruments and different styles of music? Um, to a certain degree, it, it, there's a weird, I have, I have such a deep relationship with with music like i think it's it's tied to my general mental stability and everything like i have to have music and stuff around me all the time i have to be involved in it totally or i just completely bottom out like yeah. um but it's become this like because i because i run sound and and i'm i'm minimum working with like two or three bands a day so so over the course of time like easily over a thousand bands a year different genres and everything else I get super overexposed to it too. And so unfortunately what it does is while it 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 ups my like awareness of like what's good in in these genres and these like things that are good, it also sets that bar so high that there's maybe five or six bands a year that I'm like legitimately excited and surprised by. And it's like there's a weird kind of almost tragic thing to it of like a band will come through and someone's like, Oh man, this band is so great or whatever. I'm like, I've, I've heard alt country before and this band's not even top 20. Like, I'm sorry. Like I'm so, I'm so exposed to this. Like, and when you know everything that's out there, like I kind of envy people that aren't that <laughs> exposed to it. Cause like I would probably enjoy 
music in general more and go to more shows and stuff if I wasn't so aware of how much is out yeah. there and know where my bar is set for for aesthetically what I really like. Mm-hmm. So I've, it's become like oddly specific. What is it then we'll say as somebody that is exposed to as much live music as you are, what is it that impresses you? Like, or, or like what would be like, what's like the last like live band you saw that you never heard of before that you're like, Holy fuck. Wasn't expecting that. There's, uh, I feel like I have, because I came up in the Boston scene, I have a very specific set of ethics. And I think any band that's, been on the wrong side of it knows knows what it is at this point there's probably some local bands that don't like me because if you if you don't fall into my set of ethics uh it's it's a general like professionalism thing oh sure i, okay. I, I can get super I, it's not the best part of my personality but i can get super dismissive if you like drag your feet or if it's like a band that's five bills there's five bands on a bill or something and it's like tune your fucking guitar before you get on stage like you have a 20 minute set and like no totally like it's, it's all these it's just it's stuff that's super simple that it's just it's the it's the general to me it's a general baseline of like this this is the level at which you are a band and not a bunch of people dicking around on stage for uh-huh. your friends having fun <laughs> like and 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 you can kind of drift like I'm I'm as guilty as anyone else like drifting in and out of actually hitting all those things like we had a good show last night where everything was like solid but like the the last show we played I was much more we shot video of it and I was like really fidgety and I I was actually kind of upset with myself I was like oh this wasn't very entertaining like it looks like I'm just like worried the whole time yeah things weren't working it's- but that's that's kind of how it goes. I'm sorry. I, I kind of went off off no. Off a lot, I don't, I don't know if you like particularly answered my question. No, no actually, I do. Sorry, I but, remember. But I, I, I I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah. it, it brings up another point that I want to. Uh, I do want to get into, but I'm going to put that right here on the table. I, I do keep I, it in my hand. I, I do actually have an answer for you. Yeah, but for yeah, bands. Okay, the two. I can say the last two bands that I was legitimately surprised by and excited by is like there was. Uh, I'll say. Three. The, the other one I wasn't that into. But there was two bands opening for Devin Townsend as Smalls uh, that I ran sound for. One of them was, um, oh, what are they called? Um, it's like Orishi or something like that. It's what's the it's the name for like the the Japanese like ghost thing. But the, it, okay. they, they were like a they were like a proggy metal band. But they're they had two guitarists and then they had a dude playing a. Uh, a xylophone MIDI controller and he was shredding and playing like four four hammers and playing like harmony bits with himself and like destroying the other dudes in the band which was like pretty pretty <laughs> crazy to watch like the music was kind of okay because it wasn't totally my so thing so that was just like seeing but just somebody watching that I've never that seen proficient so- on an instrument that you never see live yeah. and 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 to see them in a metal like see a xylophone oh, player yeah. in a in a metal band is like pretty hilarious <laughs> but the other band that opened for them I think was called thank you scientist okay. where I was they were an opening band so I was running front of house for them which means mixing mixing out front uh and like I just had their stage plot and they're like, oh, we're like a metal band, but we have like this horn section and that's that's kind of all I was told. And then I didn't realize like once we got into it, it was like kind of proggy and they would go super heavy sections and then they'd go in these other sections that just sound like Chicago and it was like on a dime they would turn and then they closed with a 
dead on, not even like a rearrangement, a version of the Golden Girls theme. And like, like they crushed it. Like, and it was just one of those bands. Like I told them after, I was like, you guys need to write on your, your stage plot. Like just, just tell sound guys, like we're like half, uh, Half, t- half the time we're a metal band and like half the time it's like Chicago. So just like watch out for that. Like <laughs> if you just wrote that and, and like that's so much fun to mix. Yeah. Like that would <laughs> like it was like it was it was kind of novel. But the thing is like they kind of made it work too. Um, but but as far as my own um, aesthetics go, like stuff I really like the last band I ran like came across that I really liked. Um, Chelsea Wolf and Savages are both legit and I did them like back to back which was pretty amazing yeah um, but on a, the smaller scale there's a band called Girl Band from uh, I think they're Irish or okay. maybe they're Scottish I feel bad that I don't remember which I'm fairly certain they're Irish um, but they're this weird combination of like Jesus Lizard and the Pixies and super minimal driving drum beats and they cover this song by um, uh blah one called uh uh why they had their bodies under my garage which is just this, like really dark electronic song but they just do it as a noise band it's grinding you should look at the video it's hilarious it's a it's a <laughs> it's a it's a coroner uh like getting ready to eat his lunch and they bring a body in and then he's like listening to the song and sort of dancing while he's cutting up the body and eventually the body like stands up and is dancing with him and stuff it's <laughs> it's so great and those dudes are hilarious and i just really liked their their aesthetic it was something it was it felt very fresh to me yeah which is rare and that and that was like three years ago or something so yeah (laughs) gotcha yeah (laughs) so going back to bands not being professional as they could be yeah uh been talking with a lot of people over the past week as after i put that video out (laughs) which i i very much enjoyed (laughs) um I've had like a lot of people like hitting me up and like having like private conversations with um and like uh one thing that I don't plan on making another video like that or anything <laughs> like that but um I will address things one thing that I've thought about and I was having a discussion with somebody who since it was a private talk I'm not going to name drop them but we were just talking about like an issue in Pittsburgh potentially or just with local music anywhere but we'll say Pittsburgh now cuz that's where we are is like that that level of professionalism that bands don't have. Mm. And uh, that combined with the fact that we just kind of like let it pass because we don't want to be like dicks or be rude to people. You know what I mean? And then it's like, you know, a lot of people wonder like, Oh, you know, why don't we have the same accolades or acclaim as like a big city like New York or LA? And it's like, well, I don't think they let that kind of shit fly in those cities. And I I think it's because they're cutthroat. Yeah. And I think that there's a part that's like competition. (laughs) If we want Pittsburgh to be, get on the map and be stronger, I think we need to be more cutthroat in our community and stop being nice to people that are doing bullshit. Yeah. And like, no, I was like the person I was talking to, like conversation kind of like ended. It was like, no, a song I, it's like, but no, it's like I think that's no some real shit. No, I, wa- I watched that video and, and in general have been like listening to bits of your podcast. And I think you and I have very similar views of it. It's like, it's not even like a tough love thing. It's like, it's just, it's the reality of the situation of like having, cause there was certainly some growing pains when we first moved here. I've been here for nine, almost 10 years, nine years, something like that. And, uh, 
like you can ask Mary Jo from Howlers. She's she's had when I worked there initially, she would have to essentially apologize for me, like, oh, don't mind him. He's from Boston. Was like that was a thing she said <laughs> multiple times. Uh, <laughs> also, getting my name wrong. So a lot of people thought my name was Benji and my last name was T, as, as opposed to calling me Banked, which is what my name actually is, uh-huh. Benji T, because whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's that I I. I came up in a music scene with a very strict work ethic and like, like that's what I talk about the etiquette stuff. Um, and if you don't, if you don't have your shit together, you, you just get cut. Like you don't, you don't book venues or whatever. And when we came here, we came in kind of aggressive like that because that's, that's what we came out of. That's, and that's how we act when we're on tour. Cause that's, that's the reality of like what it's like to actually be a band and be successful. Like you don't have to be mean to other bands, but you have to go. You have to be better than them. That's that's you. You survive on the merit of your music. You don't survive on like, oh well, they're really nice and they helped us get a show. No one ultimately, no one really gives a shit about that stuff. We we are in this to make music and hopefully good music. And I I feel like in this scene, which I think you kind of addressed in that video, is like this city is very. It's very nurturing uh, 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 off the bat, but like the thing is, you can very much uh, you can you can tread water very quickly. Like you can get enough accolades, and then I think a lot of bands start resting on their laurels of like, well, everyone really liked our last record, so they'll just like this one too. Like you're you're only good as the newest thing you've put out, mm-hmm. and like that was I've I've had not run-ins, but I've had like some band has put out a new EP or whatever, and I. I would be the only person on like the Roboto board or whatever that say like this is not as good as the last thing you put out. It's like it's vaguer. Like you you haven't grown at all as musicians. You're just doing the same thing. And and everyone's like you're an asshole. It's like no, it's it's my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like <laughs> like just cuz I'm friends with you doesn't mean I have to like your band. I don't have to come see your band. It's it's on you to make something that's compelling. And I understand that my compared to to other people I think like like I've talked about I think my unfortunately my my tolerance or like what I actually get excited about is probably much more specific and, and higher so it can kind of make me a dick sometimes. I don't I, I don't, like bands I but what I like I don't think it makes you a dick. I think it just makes <laughs> I'm just you, try, I'm trying to be you, honest. You. Like yeah. I because I think because I don't I I don't think it, it helps I think it helps bands to be genuine with them and give them honest feedback as opposed to like no, you guys like were really good tonight or whatever, or or just mentioning the positive things. Like you can mention negative stuff to bands. I was joking once in a while. I like, was joking <laughs> with my friends last night because it was just like, hey, how's the Great Walker album coming? I'm like, the mixing's pretty much done. They're like, yeah, I'd be stoked to hear it. I think it's gonna sound really good. And I was just kind of like, well, even if it sounded bad, you wouldn't tell me it sounded bad. Yeah, and they just kind of laughed like yeah. very much like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, like, I mean, I wish you would. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it it's, it's uh, I mean, it's a weird. I feel like you're supposed to. You're a performer. You're supposed to develop a thick skin. That's that's like that's the first thing you should you should that that's like part of developing as a musician. It's like it, as long as you understand that what you do is not for everyone. Some people are adamantly not going to like it and some people are really going to like it and then a lot of people are just going to be kind of like whatever could care less yeah. that you exist or not. That's that's what art is. Mm-hmm. I think it's 
but but I think a lot of people come in and they're just they they need and like here like you said people can be very like overly encouraged or whatever and so they develop this like oh well, everything I'm doing is a hit it's like no <laughs> I mean it's it is if you put yourself in that that small bubble of yeah people that will praise you and not say anything bad about you but I mean that's fine yeah like, I don't know it's just yeah I just personally I yeah. like to just make things that I'm proud of. And then I have, you know, select people who I will take, like, get, get their opinions from people that I know will be honest with me. And it's, I usually, sometimes those opinions might change my opinion on things, but normally it doesn't. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's just good to have hey, an outside like, perspective. Yeah. Hey, That's my like friend that doesn't like hip hop at all, what do you think of this? Yeah. And then, hey, my friend that loves hip hop, what do you think of this? Yeah. And I don't know if you, um, uh, if, if you kind of view it the same way, like it sounds like you kind of do, but like the way, I view making music as, as a very like it's a, like a journeyman pursuit of like I only ever want to get better at it, and ultimately, there's no way to not sound narcissistic saying this, but like uh, Action Camp and Saint Dude, I'm I'm in my two favorite bands because the entire my entire approach to making music is these are the this is this is two compartmentalized versions of the amalgamation of all the stuff I really like that no other band has gotten a hundred percent right. And so it's up to me to make it. So I, I am incredibly proud of what I do in these bands because I am tailor making music for me. Yeah. (laughs) And because that's what I get out of it. And if other people like it, that's great. But ultimately my, my approach to it is I have, uh, you know, I try to view not, it sounds very fatalistic, but like, I, I view as like I have this this period from like seventeen to let's say forty five or slightly older where I can actively be a musician to build this this oeuvre of all this stuff that I'm super proud of. It's my it's my legacy. It's like it's like having a kid. Like this this is what I'm pulling. This is what I'm I'm contributing to the world yeah. and something I'm legitimately proud of. And that's that's my only that's kind of my only aesthetic for or, or like goal for anything. It's like I want to make this stuff that I'm super proud of. Whatever. I'm not like I'm not interested in making like a dancey song because I know it'll it'll sell records or whatever. Like yeah. I don't I don't really view it from a financial thing at all. When when we make money at it, that's great. But like I did it when I was broke. We went on we went on tour when I was on like a couple years ago. I was like super broke. I was on food stamps and we did a tour and legit like went to be because that was like a way to make money because I had no job at the time. And I remember going to us us like staying with friends and going like I re- realized that my like EBT card could be used out of state. And so we went to like Walmart <laughs> and got, got like ramen and stuff yeah. to eat on that tour. It's like, oh, well, I can use that money for this because because it was still a job. It was like a, a traveling thing to make money then. But like it was also just to keep myself sane, you know, because if I was if I was broke and and not in bands like I would have just fallen apart like that's I would have had nothing. Yes, yeah. but I, I think so much of my personality is is based around that that I don't know I don't know that there's that much else to me than being in bands if I'm honest. Well, I mean, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned uh, we haven't talked about Saint Dude at all, so yeah. we should we should sure uh, fill people in. I mean, you you 
brought up the fact that you're in Saint Dude. Yes. And that Saint Dude's one of your favorite bands. Yes. Which you just <laughs> proclaimed. Yeah. Which I know I, I to follow up that that statement, I agree. You know, like with Sykes, I just try to make music that I don't think I hear other people doing stuff that I think is cool. Yeah. You know, I don't always do everything that I would want to do with Sykes. Yeah. Because I mean, like, you know, uh, I can't put ranch dressing on ice cream. Yeah. Sometimes. But, you know, I try to be very loose with what I'm what I allow to get put into it. Gray Walker is kind of different. Some more um, on the back end of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they they write stuff and I have ideas yeah. like you should You're, do something like this. Yeah. There. You're the Maynard Keenan of of Gray Walker. Uh, kind of. No. Uh, more clothes, but yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same in, in the sense that they all sit around and arrange like a thing and like you come in and put up vocals on top. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which is good. But I mean, also with Grey Walker, like, I'm involved in a lot more things like like I'm mixing the album now yeah, and I right, handle right, a lot right. of like the art stuff. Yeah. Merchandising. Yeah. Which is a, which is also a super the key business thing. stuff. I'm very not, not business keep, dad for Grey Walker. Yeah, I was gonna say not not to keep making this like I, I don't mean that any of this sound like like a lesson to bands or whatever. Well, but I think like, that's the point of this that, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> true. But like what like what what you said. It's like well you you do this, but you also do this other stuff. It's like I a lot of bands don't sit down and figure out what everyone's role is in the band. Like you can just have a bass player that's just the bass player. That's fine, but someone needs to book the shows. Someone needs to make the flyers. Yeah. Someone needs to. If like, you say you're gonna do something, do it. Yeah. Like if exactly. you don't, if you're not good at something or confident yeah. that you can do it, don't say that you can do it. And that's fine. Yeah. We'll find somebody that can do it. And you can hire someone outside the band yeah. to do this stuff too. But like it's to me, it's in, it's in, insane in this in in this era of making music, having having come out of when it was much easier. Like I, I toured when I was like younger and it was much, much easier. Uh, and, and you could have people do stuff for you. It's insane to me now that like everyone in bands doesn't, doesn't have crazy Photoshop skills, doesn't own like their own recording setup and makes their own records. Like I, there, I know bands that go to studios and I have bands that come to me to record. And, and to me, I'm just like, why, how come, how come you don't have someone in your band that doesn't know how to make a record? I think a lot <laughs> like, of that's it, such a, that's such a foreign concept to me. Yeah. But, but I, I think it's cause coming out of DIY stuff too. So uh, it was coming from a, time when if I, you know if i wanted something done i didn't have any friends i sucked at talking to people if i needed something done i had to figure out how to do it myself yeah and that was pretty much it yeah uh now i think you know you get people that are our age that are older that maybe just they don't have the time to learn how to record stuff or they don't have the money or they just some people just don't care they just want to play their guitar yeah and that's it which is fine yeah everybody's different we're all special fucking snowflakes yeah Saint Dude. Yes. Let's get to it. Finally. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. No, yeah. I, I derailed that last yeah. one. So Saint Dude yes. is your band mm -hmm. with Brian Urban and Podcast All Star of Yes, yes, of <laughs> fan, uh, Start to Beat Fam. So, yeah. And uh, I just listened to one in the car. That one was pretty pretty great. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Was a good Col one. Colt's Colt's a dude I want to talk to. He has <laughs> he has some interesting stories. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a funny guy. Speaking yeah. of speaking of bass players yeah. that are bass players, <laughs> yeah. Colt one hundred percent. Yeah, no, he, he does a lot of good stuff yeah. for the band. But uh Saint Dude, who else is in the band? How long have you been playing? Uh Saint Dude started kind of by accident as a band. So I I one of the other things I do. Uh, is I book a thing called Tribute Fest every year, um, which was a big tradition in Boston of like every Halloween, 
bands would go all out and and play in character as a band like like they really liked. Like it, it was like an excuse to do a cover thing. I always learned it. As, I I've always viewed it as a way of like it's it's a way of like working out. It's like I have this band that I really like. Like like we've done. Which is also Joe ended up in Action Camp. We did Queen with him, so he spent six months with us learning Queen songs. That was his audition for Action Camp. <laughs> um, but like I, we've done Queen, we did U two, and and uh, like Pixies and B fifty twos, and you like you really break down what a band that you like does, and you kind of learn all their tricks. Like that's that's to me, it's like working out musically. But so I for years um, because I'm I'm half Swedish, I. Love Swedish bands like I I mentioned ABBA before, but I fucking love the Hives. The Hives are my favorite live band of all time. If you've never seen them, they are the greatest live band. Uh, they're they're hilarious and they're super tight. And I always wanted to do a Hive set, but I feel like they were always too maybe too obscure for Pittsburgh. It turned out a lot of people did actually know them and like them. Aside from hate to say I told you so or and Main Offender, like whatever their hits. Yeah, and so I I a couple years ago floated it as an idea because usually I'll throw out like five or six bands that I want to do. It's it's a big community. There's like 300 something people now that are all in this like big Facebook group. And it's like, who wants to do these bands this year? Or whatever. We're doing 33 bands this year, four nights. So, um, and I put out hives and it just, it worked out that my buddy Aaron, who uh, he was in big fat manatee and the emergency down in uh, Morgantown. Um, those were like the last bands he was in. He was like jamming with his buddy uh, Josh Gregg, who also was from American Minor, who were also a band from around there. I think they were on like I want to say they were on like Jade Tree Records or something. Like Josh was like a legit, like legit went on tour and everything. But he had both of them now had kids and whatever, so they were just like jamming and actually doing garagey stuff and saw that and they're like, oh, we'll do the Hives. And then, um, and I was gonna drum for that. And then, and then, um, and then Urban got involved because Urban, like, he's like, "Oh, I can, I can do Pele. Like, that'd be hilarious." Yeah. <laughs> and I'd never done stuff with Urban, but we'd always been friends. Uh-huh. Uh And so, got him involved. And then we finally got uh, Vinny um, from Semi Supervillains. Um, and originally, he was drumming, and then he was like having trouble with it. And so, literally, just me and him swapped. So I played drums for that set. So we did this whole Hive set. And immediately that whole group, we all just like clicked. We went full in costume. We had all the banter down and like did the hives freeze where they all just like in the middle of a song, they all just like freeze like mannequins and then just kick back in like Uh stuff like that. And it was just like we had spent a couple months learning these songs and just like crush this set. And then I was like, oh, this is a bummer. We're like, we're done. Like we should get together and like do something. And we kind of accidentally became Saint Dude. Like we wrote like four of the six songs that ended up on the EP like the first time. And then and then um, uh, Josh like just got like busy with work and his kids. And I think he was less into the sort of stoner metal thing that we sort of became. And so he kind of stepped out. And then I moved to guitar. And then I brought in Joe, who's from who's now in Action Camp as well. So Joe's on drums, and now it's like accidentally become this weird, like super group. No one cares. Like <laughs> super no, group no one of asked us. for it. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like we're all dudes that all we all play everything. We're all in other. We're all in other bands. So and it has this weird, like we get asked to play shows a bunch, and it sounds like we're just like it's an event for a Saint Dude show. When in the reality, it's just. We're all so busy. It's really hard for us to get together. It's yeah. just, it was like a studio thing, 
but the, so we turn down shows like a bunch and it, there's there's so much like it's because it's a side project for all of us none of us take it we all take it very seriously but there's no we don't take it serious it's like a I hard mean, to explain I think you take it seriously enough to a point that you know when to like jump on something and when not to. Yeah. And it's well, and it's like the the thing is like, there's no rules in that band. So everything gets very out of hand very quickly. Like there's a lot of like very hilarious banter that will probably end up on the next record from, from rehearsals. And we just, the the fact that we get anything done and just don't dick around and joke and riff on things is Uh amazing. Um, but the songs show that too. So we have like, uh, like there's a new song that I I had this riff that I've had since I was like 13, and like we we literally have like a Dropbox account that all of us just had riffs, and we just threw it in, and like one day sat down and listened to them, like oh we can do something with that, do some of yeah, this, and that's like, that's how the songs are built. I feel like you're describing Greywalker. Yeah, practice. it's like literally the same <laughs> yeah. exact everything to yeah. the team. Like I, I don't know how we get anything done. Yeah, we just have Dropboxes full of like yeah. Dropboxes full of recorded practices from months ago. Like, whatever happened to that riff? Yeah, yeah. You know, just like, but it, it like, it weirdly things do get done, and we the ridiculous like ideas float to the top, and we there's just all this like, oh that would it's there's there's a lot of like this this is a thing that's too ridiculous to do in one of our other bands, but that's a saint dude, that's a saint dude thing. Like that's <laughs> that's a phrase that gets said a lot of of like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so like we, be, there became this like lore about the band where we were joking we only play high profile shows because the first three shows we played were over the course of like a year and a half, and it was like opening for Mutoid Man, uh, playing at uh Rant, and then opening for Mutoid Man again. <laughs> so like. Like the kind of joke was like we only play festivals and like high profile shows, which is not the case. Like just like this is how it worked out, yeah, kind of thing. And like even last night at uh, Action Camp played at Cedars in Youngstown, and uh, I was joking with the Long Hunt, who are like really good friends of ours. You've had them on the podcast yeah. as well, and. I was talking about we, we were joking about like proper guitar playing style, and Allison said something like, "Oh, you could get like sit down and get the stool to like put your foot up like a Costco guitarist." And I immediately said to Joe, "I'm like, that's the Saint Dude thing. Like me and <laughs> some show, me and Vinny are like, it won't be addressed, but we're both gonna just sit in stools and like hold our guitars like proper classical guitars <laughs> and just play a whole set like that. Still do what we do, yeah, but just like treat it like like we're like professional classical guitarists. Like that's." And that's probably an idea that's going to happen because that's because <laughs> that's that's what what Saint Dude is. Yeah, like the new the new song, um, which if you want, I can give it to you and we can put it on this. Okay, it's it's done. It's called it, it's this old riff that I wrote, and Urban like he uh, he came up with these brilliant lyrics. That's just the storyline of X the Eliminator from from Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. <laughs> And it's literally just his storyline. And it's this whole thing about charging up his laser and he's like, whatever. And so he keeps saying, like, I'm charging up my laser is the chorus. And so right before the big like explosion of the song, like, <laughs> oh, we have the part have the part where he charges up his laser. So there's like the song just stops and there's just like a super long drum roll. <laughs> and then it kicks in. <laughs> it's like the song is linear just in that, like it's it's a musical joke. And that's uh-huh. that's what most of that there's a lot of wit and whatever in that band. Like for the same reason the the end of the EP is um 
Urban came over one day and I was like, oh, you know, it would be what funny if we if we covered if we could we could totally do a big like shoegaze wall of sound version of that song Real Hero from the Drive soundtrack. Because I think yeah. him and I had just seen the movie or something. And so we arranged that. Uh, and that's that's what closed out that record. It was like, you know, it'd be funny is like it's in this key. We could we could mash it up and we could probably hide this cover and actually get it to fit on if, if we change it enough. We can get it on Spotify and all that stuff, and no one's gonna hit us for oh, making yeah. a cover and not paying for it. Yeah, um, I was like, oh, let's let's stick uh, thus thus spoke Zarathustra at the beginning of it, like the the two thousand one theme, like that <laughs> that dun 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 dun, like that whole thing. Uh-huh. So like it's it starts and that just became you know, like shows, which is the most pretentious thing for a band to do. <laughs> like we're like a <laughs> shitty prog band. It's like here's our here's this epic presentation, and it's just like this like synth pop song from a movie that we just like made it louder. <laughs> like, but that that's that's been a running joke too. Of like if we're ever gonna do. Any cover that Thus Spoke Zarathustra is just always the tag at the beginning. Like, we always have to present our cover. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that might be the running joke now in the band. So, plenty yeah. of jokes. Yeah. Any other covers in the works? Are you keeping those uh, top secret? Uh, no, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of discussion. Um, Are you guys going to do anything for Tribute Fest? Not as all of us. The multiple, uh, multiples of us are involved. Joe is doing Cheap Trick. Uh, Aaron is doing Tears for Fears with Sunhound. Uh, I'm doing Smashing Pumpkins with Longhound, and then Action Camp is doing Yeah Yeah Yeahs this year. Um, I, I yeah, I tried to get the other guys involved, but I think they were all pretty busy too. Like Vinny lives in Altoona or whatever too. But uh, from from that like like Action Camp, I think or, or sorry, uh, Saint Jude were working on doing a heavier version of Head Over Heroes by Tears for Fears because nice. Aaron loves that bass line. And I'm recently obsessed with, and and uh, by, if by some means this guy hears it, I'm obsessed right now with this dude, Moon Martin. He's, he's from Oklahoma. He was like a rockabilly guy in like the like late 60s into the 70s. And then he kind of got into New Wave and he was like an underground kind of New Wave guy. And he wrote, Bad Case of Loving You, which the okay. Robert Palmer covered, yeah. which I didn't know was a cover. And this literally spawned off someone made some joke on Facebook about, like, do you think it was like some joke about the doctor, Robert Palmer thing? And I looked it up, didn't realize it was a cover, and then found his version. And it's like minor key. And it's like from like 77, and he's like tuned down uh, like, like a step and a half. It's like all this, it's super dark minor key stuff that like, and his whole record is like that, and it's so good. And so I was like, guys, we need to cover Bad Case Loving You. And like, to do it up. And like, I, it's this thing of like, I won't take no for an answer. Like, we need to do this song because I've been obsessed with it for weeks. Yeah. And I like, need, now I want to find this guy and like, see what he's up to. Yeah, I need, of, to, I need to check that out. I didn't yeah. realize that was a, a cover yeah, either. Yeah, I can play it for you after here. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. There's a lot of songs from that time period that were covers that were just completely overlooked. Yeah. Like and there's a, like Blondie does a hanging on the telephone. The nerves version I think is better. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I think Cindy Lauper does girls just want to f- have fun. Makes totally makes sense. But it was, it was a dude that wrote that initially and it's, he pretty much does it that way. It's just a guy singing instead, but it's, it's, it is like, I have a whole 
playlist that yeah. I'll play at shows like that. Like the songs that people they're don't like know. They're like the original versions and people think they're covers. Well, the original version of um, a lot of people don't know. Um, um, I've got my mind set on you. The George Harrison thing is a cover. Okay. And it's it's like an old, like kind of ragtimey, like late, late 50s, early 60s sure. song. And the harmonies are so fucking cool in it and whatever. And it's it's way more like dour sounding like it's really good <laughs> and, and everyone's like i i had no idea and so that's that's a lot of like sound checks with bands i'll like play that like what is this i'm like oh it's the original version of this song <laughs> they're like i know this i'm like i know this is like the weird original version of it but so that's a weird thing i get like excited about <laughs> maybe one day uh somebody will cover an action camper saint dude song <laughs> And make it really popular, yeah. And then you'll be the, the you'll have the weird original version, yeah. As yours, yeah. <laughs> it'll all come full circle. Yeah, I'm I'm convinced. If anything's gonna come of of my music career, is like I'm I'm gonna be in one of those bands where either I'm gonna I'm gonna die or we'll have long broken up and moved on to something else, and then someone will rediscover it at a point where it's no longer relevant to me to. <laughs> to they're like, oh, you did this like really great thing or whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, now I'm like 55, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's I'm not coming back. I feel like um, that's like to me that's that's best case scenario of what happens with my bands. I don't I don't believe I'm ever going to be fame. I don't. I mean, I also don't. I'm not moving toward that stuff. Yeah. But that's my my because I like I said I know what I do is good because I'm proud of it. Or at least to me, that's it's really good. And I think eventually it'll connect with someone. Yeah, I just whether it's timely where I can actually like do something with it is is in question. It's hard. I think that yeah. it's a really weird time for rock music in general. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, fuck, there's no like pop rock anymore. Really, it's yeah. all kind of like in like the hip hop R and B spectrum, at least currently. Yeah, and I also think it's a really weird time. I think it's always weird like being a underground musician as you get older. It gets like harder to navigate yeah. it because uh, you really need that that pickup from your peers to support you to take you to the next level. And like when you're in your 30s, it's like your peers are all having kids and shit like that. They're not they don't, they don't, they're not fighting the fight as much anymore. Yeah, and there's a weird like like I have uh, it's weird like like you mentioned like pop rock stuff. I feel like that's become almost the underground thing. Like I'll have friends like, Oh, have you heard this, this record? It's like really solid. Like there was, there was a couple years ago, there's a band called tinted windows. It's, it's, um, Adam, uh, Schlesinger, I think is his last name from fountains of Wayne, bunny Carlos from cheap trick, James E from the smashing pumpkins and Taylor Hansen from Hansen. They're like a super group. Yeah. And it's a fucking solid, like power pop record it is so good and like they they kind of play like south by south like they're all legitimate like career musicians that are all super talented like like i think a lot of people kind of know fountains we have like stacy's mom he also wrote like that thing you do and like a bunch of mu music for that movie and whatever yeah. else like legitimately great power pop but it kind of didn't do much and which is like kind of tragic because like all those guys are so good <laughs> like that record should be huge but it's like that's that's not what the landscape is right now or even how music works or like i feel like popularity is tied more like you get someone like a beyonce or rihanna or uh i don't know i don't know any dude versions of it where yeah. where you have a whole you have a whole 
you have a whole you have a whole subplot outside the, the, of being yeah, a musician. The, like the music, the music is only part of you being like, oh well, they're they're famous. Like that's that's what they do. They're, uh-huh. they're being famous. Not that they aren't. None of them aren't talented. But it's like the music becomes this weird secondary thing. You can't just be a pop star or just just be a musician anymore. You have to be like. You have to have a brand and sell your fucking perfume and clothes at Walmart and yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I, was, I was talking about that shit in the video. Yeah, but um, <laughs> fucking ugh. Uh, wrapping up, we've hit an hour, and right. that's usually yeah. when I like to yeah slam the mics down. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, I haven't been too scattershot with everything. No, I think this was pretty good. Cool. We came back around to everything that I wanted to yeah talk about. Pretty good. Yeah. So new Saint Dude stuff coming soon. Yep, just the single. The, just a single. Yep. And uh, Action Camp, what's on the horizons there? Or we're what's uh, we're happening? we're four or five songs into uh, some sort. We're trying something different this time, as opposed to setting time aside to make a record. We're just recording the songs as we write them, and then when we have enough banked and we feel like it feels like a record, we'll we'll do something with it. But we're we're starting to get back on the road. Like we're playing. Uh, uh, 123 Pleasant Street down in Morgantown April 7th with Semi Super Villains uh, actually we have we also have a whole there's a whole band family that we jokingly call the Duquesne Light Orchestra which is just it's it's pure nepotism of like so <laughs> so me and Moore and Joe are action camp and then Joe is in Park Plan uh, Jen from Park Plan is in Garter Shake with Mora uh, and then Steve from Rebreather is also in that band. So there's this whole okay. family tree. Yeah. It connects to like Weird Paul. We can connect it all the way to Rusted Root if we really want to. Of like this, this person's in this band and this band and this one. And so that's we, we have this weird sort of collective. But it's like it's relatively inactive. But like that's <laughs> it's funny when we when we pull from like band family. That's what we call it. it's like band family stuff. And uh-huh. so we're playing Action Cam was playing with Semi Supervillains, which is a show that was initially. He's like, oh, do you guys want to do a St. Dude set? And just St. Dude can do it. It's like, well, Action Camp can do it. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll just swap that in. But that's that's going, yeah. Action Camp's working on a record at some point this year and then starting getting back to touring. Like last night was our first out-of-town show with Joe and went over really, really well. So we're hoping, hopefully we can just spoil him and he, he doesn't learn the other side of when we've toured and driven... <laughs> Eight hours, or driven sixteen hours to Appleton, Wisconsin, to play for fifteen people, or oh, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, yeah. Hopefully that goes well. And then uh, the tribute fest thing is coming up again. That's in October. It's four nights at two at Cativo and two at Club Cafe. If you look up tribute fest, there's we haven't we're announcing all the bands very soon, but it's thirty three bands this year. That's a lot. It's and I record and film all of them and edit it all myself. I'm <laughs> hey, respect. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm the one person in all my bands that's like not not married and only dates occasionally and live by myself. So I, I'm the one so I understand for I'm I'm the one that like I don't I don't drive and I don't own a car, but my contribution is like my house is the practice space and I'm the one that handles like the archiving and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I try I try to make up for it in other ways when I can't contribute like financially or otherwise. <laughs> Uh, and then also in, well, I guess it would be September. I, I think I should be getting to it soon, but I do all the, the sound design for the scare house in yeah. Etna too, which is a pretty massive, yeah, one of the biggest like haunted attractions yeah, in the country. My, my buddy slash drummer for Sykes is associated with scare house. Oh, right on. Yeah, what Steve is, what, LaRussa. What does he do? Um, I'm not sure what Steve LaRussa does there. 
I'm sure he's in the the Facebook group. I'll, uh, I'll find yeah, him in there. Yeah, he does some sort of thing with organizing stuff. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a fun gig too. So it's weird, like sound design for like sixty something rooms, and uh-huh. you can get real real deep and like you can do very clever stuff. Like that's I had to super make, cool. I had to make elevator music, and it had to be creepy. So I just like pulled pulled from my goth roots of this like, oh, I'll just play Bella Lugosi's Dead, and, like, <laughs> but make it like elevator music. And it turns out just it all. If you take any goth music and make it elevator music it just sounds like a david lynch film <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's no way to not do that yeah <laughs> so yeah so that's that's the sort of four things i guess i have my hands in sounds like plenty coming up soon oh also i, I will plug this for opus one because the thing i'm legitimately excited for is april 17th at mr smalls i am running sound for rick astley <laughs> and i'm so excited to meet rick astley that's awesome <laughs> What's or it might uh, be the nineteenth, seventeenth or nineteenth, something like okay, that. Okay, so let's we'll end this yeah. on one one more question <laughs> yeah, that we're going to end sure. this on. Who is uh, the your favorite person you ever got to run sound for or band? Uh, I've had some really good ones recently. I did John Oates from Hall and Oates at Club Cafe. It was a very small one, and I made I made a dick joke to them that went over very well, which is is a whole other surreal level of. <laughs> Like I got along with them and just like the door was open to make this joke and I don't know. It was funny. Uh-huh. It was kind of a you had to be there thing. But yeah. like they referenced it later in the night and like that, nice. that was a pretty top tier thing. But I think in, in general, I've now done it three or four times and I've become friends with them. The guys from Electric Six are like okay. my favorite cool. band to work with. They're super, they're super great dudes. And they they're they're all Detroit guys and they have they have they're like the epitome of that same like them and the Pixies just have that work ethic that I was talking about of just like even even for having some amount of uh uh of note and, and fame, they're super working class, show up, set up, like super professional, super efficient. I'm I'm big on efficiency and they're they're hilarious and they're super tight, like Every every year I record and they and like clockwork they come through October like every single year so I always look forward to working with those guys. Cool, yeah, that's I, like my favorite show every year. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, yeah. Well, that's about it. I think uh, we're good to go. Cool. Uh, links, uh, look up Action Camp. And yeah, and if you want, do you want do you want to tag uh, X the Eliminator on the end of this? Sure. Podcast. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. We'll throw that on there, and cool. I'll, I'll do all that shit in post. Yeah. So uh, that's it. We're done. Cool. Sounds Thanks good. for having me. Thank you for doing it. Cool, man. And thanks to uh, the empty smiling moose yeah. <laughs> that didn't know any different. Anyways, later. <laughs>